Hey everybody, welcome to the Tex-Mex Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Ramirez, and I've got my awesome co-host here, Mando Gomez. Shalom, shalom. <laughs> hey, here we are with episode 30, number 30. You know what, we got lots to talk about, so let's get into it. Dale. Dale. All right, what do we got, man? Oh, man. So, I don't know if y'all noticed, but we missed an episode last week. <laughs> <laughs> I got COVID, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm sorry, but you know what is the tough part? Is that almost every year, right, getting the freaking cooties. <laughs> yeah, you got the cooties, man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know how that will affect our health, right, right? until... Uh, if we are getting uh, like a very constant because it's creating a scar tissue and inflammation and all of that. So, uh, tough. Yeah, I, I don't know. So true. Well, I hope so that like, you're feeling better. I, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing better. Like the first time it was like, what, a, a couple of years ago, you know, I got it with one of the first rounds mm. and that one, oh, I would tell you, like when I got it, it was, I was not super sick or anything. And in fact, I got over it maybe in like a few days, two, three days, but I had this lingering cough that lasted like for a whole year. Like I couldn't, long COVID, I couldn't get right? rid of it. I think it was long COVID. I don't know that there's like a real definition to it, but uh, eventually I got over it, but it led mm -hmm. to a whole bunch of other stuff. Like I got shingles, which is oh, like, wow. you know, usually you got to be 67 year olds to get that. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but that's what it causes your body. You know, it ages it, it causes inflammation, all of that stuff. So it just weakened my body a lot. And I eventually got rid of the cough after a year. I saw some lung specialists and fortunately like all my lung turned out to be good. Um, <clears throat> but they put me like on a CPAP to help because the inflammation was closing up my, uh, you know, my breathing airway and all that stuff. So all of that now, you know, I'm good again. And now bam, <laughs> we get it again. I mean, uh, of course we had a lot going on, uh, in January, we had a funeral that we, um, that we were a part of and, uh, saw a lot of family and a lot of people and throughout all, all of that, somehow we ended up getting, <clears throat> getting COVID. Right. So it went through the family. We all got yeah. it. Yeah. And that's I, it was I also tough. think that, um, as, 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 because now we are more protective of our health and it's like, stay away, like almost with your six feet stick, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> social, social distancing, right? Social distancing. <laughs> social distancing. I, I really think that maybe our immune systems now they are uh, weaker, in my opinion, because before you just were like dealing with everyone and yeah, maybe you'll get the flu or whatever, just a regular uh, flu. But yeah, I think that maybe. All of this social distancing it might affect as well uh, our capacity to uh, to have a, a weaker uh, immune system. But yeah, yeah. I I mean, there's something to it, right? They say with the kids, right? Let them roll around in the dirt so they get all the they get all the cooties early on, and they build up that strong immune system. So maybe it's the same thing with us with the social distancing. We don't Do have, they have that a bunch of uh, Russian friends. Uh -huh. I have a bunch of Russian friends, and they're tough. They are tough, man. It's like, in Russia, <laughs> we just put our kids <laughs> in the ice. So, I mean, I, believe it or not, maybe it's just putting your immune system to to certain conditions might help to strengthen it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I prefer just to get my gummy bears um, with vitamin C and... <laughs> 
<laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, and sink instead of putting myself in the ice. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> well, so this time around, since I had such a hard time last time, uh, this time around, like, I I wasn't the first one to get it this time. So I knew it was coming. Uh, I got it from my wife. So um, I said, okay, well, this time I'm going to be prepared. So I was going to get that medicine that they give you. Uh, it's called Paxlovid. Mm-hmm. I never tried. It. Uh, it's like an if, antiviral. Okay. It, I will tell you, you take this thing. Uh, and it leaves this crazy like uh, aftertaste mm. in your mouth for the whole time that you're taking it. So it's a it's like a five day thing, okay. and uh, it tastes like I don't even know. They say it's a metallic taste, but to me it tastes like I don't know, like rubber or balloons or something. It's a, such a weird taste. But uh, anyways, it worked because um, while I didn't have like too many like the cough and conge- I didn't have too much of it actually because. Uh, actually, so what I did is, um, I don't know, I don't know how many people know about this, but usually your hospital or your doctor or whatever has an app that you can do. So I, you know, here in Houston, we've got, uh, a, a, a medical system called uh, Kelsey Siebold and that's, yeah, it's like they're a, super like convenient. Chain of, uh, hospitals, right? I, I, I've been known those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, it's super convenient. They have their own app and on the app, you can actually say, uh, make an appointment, but you could do a virtual appointment and they get to you within like, you know, 30 minutes or something like that. So that's actually what I ended up doing. So, uh, if you're in this situation, no, you don't have to go to an urgent care or go to something else, you know, assuming you got your insurance or whatever, you can just set up a, a virtual, uh, a virtual call on your phone and it'll do like a video call. Um, and you tell them, look, I, I took a home COVID test. Uh, I showed positive. I got a cough, congested, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, and I just told them, Hey, look, I need some COVID medicine. Like, give me whatever you can. And yeah, they gave me this Paxlovid. They actually gave me some, some cough syrup, some scissor. <laughs> I got some scissor for my cough and uh, I actually told him and I feel a little queasy so they gave me some anti-nausea <laughs> so I stocked up right so but anyways yeah all of that after that like I really was uh, I didn't develop a cough and, this and, time and you also said uh, I have HDHD <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah Ken you got anything for that I don't know <laughs> but it's pretty it's pretty cool that they they're able to i i had a bad luck with uh, telemedicine so uh-huh. but maybe i'll give it a try because uh if they're like giving last time they didn't give me squat they just told me hey take tylenol or ibuprofen and call the day well tell them what you want actually because you're gonna be your own advocate right you you have to be they're just you know they want to help obviously but be prepared Tell them what you want. Tell them everything that you're feeling. That's why I was like, you know, I feel a little gassy. Give me some. <laughs> I'm like, oh, here's some anti-nausea. I mean, good thing, though, also, because with that, the flavor of the pills, mm-hmm. I was like. Bleh. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I was I like, it helped a little bit. So, uh, but uh, have you, have, I know, I know you guys recently were going through some of the COVID stuff, too. I mean, mm-hmm. did y'all end up go, having to go in and, and go to see a doctor and everything? No, no, not anymore. Uh, we we just uh, literally one by one, right? My family, my my youngest daughter got it, then my next daughter, then my wife. I I think that I dodged a bullet, and uh, knocking on wood right now because mm-hmm. in November that's when I I got it when I went to Vegas um, for a conference. That that's when I think that I got it. Uh, so maybe 
maybe the the antibodies is still on me. So, um, but yeah, cross your uh, fingers. Well, that's good. Yeah, you seem fine. So hopefully you're not getting it. And I think I've I feel pretty good. I still have a little, <clears throat> but other than sure. that, you know, I feel good to go. Nothing like it was last time, the first time around. I think it's because of that antiviral Paxlovid medicine. It actually did did something. Not bad. Talking about health, um, I'm looking here on uh, Neuralink. I don't think that we have talked in the pod about uh, this company. It's another Elon Musk uh, company, and uh, it's it's quite interesting. Uh, have you heard about it a little bit of, or have you followed any of the Neuralink? Yeah, I I remember it's been in the news like maybe sometime last year that they were experimenting on pigs or something, right? Or monkeys, that, that monkeys was, and pigs. It's, it's, yeah, it's moving very fast. Now from monkey to pigs to humans <laughs> in a, almost like a couple of years lapse. It's, it's pretty fast. Elon does um, move pretty quick. So, so the, their ultimate goal is basically to develop or help um, kind of very uh, debilitating conditions. So uh, basically one of the, it's, it's interesting because a few weeks back, uh, a friend of mine reached out to me on WhatsApp. And my friend, he's a quadriplegic. And for those that don't know what it is, it's basically uh, he had an, a big accident in a motorcycle. So like uh, almost seven, eight years ago, and he broke his uh, spinal cord. And mm. literally, he cannot move very well his uh, his limbs, like uh, arms or legs. His brain is, is totally there. He's totally fine. But yeah, he, he also doesn't have the strength to be able to... To, wake, to literally be sitting down or uh, mm-hmm. obviously standing up too. So uh, Neuralink, uh, the reason why he contacted me, number one is because he knew that, um, that I kind of knew uh, some of these people from, from these companies. Uh, but I said, you know what, this is something that they don't do. You have to go through, the, through their, their, their way. They have a way to be in the queue for trials. Mm-hmm. So then I asked my friend, hey, register in the trials um, and let's see how it goes. But they are actually looking for people that they want to be in the trial for quadriplegics because what they do, uh, just stepping back a little bit, what they do in the with this Neuralink is they make a hole on your on your crane and your brain in order to insert the the sensor. So I, and in, right now they're doing it for that. But at some point, they wanted to do it to be able to move to move devices. So maybe Eric, you can do it to <laughs> implant the neural link so you can move your Tesla. Would you do it? <laughs> Man, here's but here's a good thing about Tesla. Supposedly, they'll be able to do it on its own. Maybe if I could control a robot in my house with the neural link, that sounds more like fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my friend is there. I I hope that for for his own good. Uh, He's very excited because it's one of the, the first texts that maybe it offers a, a chance for them to, to be able to do it. And what basically does is that the sensors are in, in, in the brain and then they can send the signal to the spinal cord. So it almost creates a bridge of information. So uh, when my friend told me that, I started looking into that. I was like, man, this is very cool uh, technology. But now, a few days back, uh, also the same company, they are experimenting uh, for people that they cannot see. They literally, their eyes are pretty bad. They can use the device and send signal as well for the, to the brain. So in that way, you can see and literally skipping all of the eye. Obviously, it doesn't have the nerve. It doesn't have all of the, 
the organs for the eye. The image is very interesting. I, I recommend everyone to just take a look. It's like almost like a daredevil. If you have watched the the um, the the show, the superhero shows, what Marvel and all of that, it's like the guy is blind, but the guy can see through sound. It's kind mm-hmm. of that kind of image where it's like a almost black and white and and it's just grainy, but it allows you to see around. Um, at least you you are not bumping into things. <laughs> yeah. So. That sounds pretty interesting. You know, <clears throat> I can see like that being super helpful for someone that once could see and maybe now can't, right? Or it's deteriorated. You know, the brain is pretty smart at taking a little bit of information and kind of extrapolating it. So I, I could see, I could see a point, uh, no pun intended, right? You could see that uh, with just a little bit of information that maybe this neural link could provide, your brain can take that information. And since it remembers what things used to look like and things like that, it can fill in all the missing information. You mm-hmm. know, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of good that can come uh, from a lot of that. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I have seen the I think I've seen like their their experimental stuff where they actually cut because they they cut into the cranium right and they make a little like a small like quarter size hole, hole almost right? a quarter yeah a quarter size and uh, with the little they actually developed you know all new technology right a lot of this stuff did not exist before so that's what also is really impressive about this is that uh, Neuralink Elon Musk their their whole organization is able to develop this technology that's needed to actually implant these things. Um, similar to like a, a circuit or something like that, there's a certain amount of um, fibers or, or input outputs that, that it needs. I think they're probably up to, I don't know, a thousand of these little um, fibers or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, it's, it's uh, uh, they are almost like the sensors are uh, the, the size of a hair. And, and the operation now, is, is, because it's in the brain, if they mess mm-hmm. it up, they can make your brain bleed. So they, they also created a robot to mm-hmm. actually do the surgery. And they literally make the hole and they start incrustating the, the, the sensor. And they can see where there is a, a, a blood vessel in the, in the brain so that way it doesn't pop any, any blood. Uh, very, very interesting. They have to build, and they have a lot of technical challenges uh, there. Uh, but yeah, that was also one of them to be able to have the surgery. The other thing that they did is because um, when they have the the bone of the skull, they they make the hole, the hole. So then there is some layers that they don't want to remove because uh, it creates a scar tissue, mm-hmm. which in some point that's the problem when uh, as your as your body is healing and is rejecting the device. It creates uh, some scar tissue, and then at some point, if you were able to see, guess what? You might not be able to see because it's actually tampering with the sensor. Yeah, they still have some uh, some challenges uh, for the long term on these devices. Yeah. Either way, it's a, it's real promising. I think you know they're definitely headed in the right direction, and it's very amazing to see right the progression just going from you know the pigs, monkeys, humans, fairly quickly. And but here's the thing, you know, a lot of folks like like your friend um, <clears throat> that's a quadriplegic, uh, 
their quality of life suffers a lot. So having an opportunity for them to try and be a part of these trials, you know, gives them some hope. Um, and they're willing to take a little bit of higher risks as to try and improve the the quality that they've got going on right now. So uh, very cool stuff that's coming. You know, hopefully your buddy is able to uh, become part of this um, um, big experiment, really, I guess, that's that Elon and company are doing. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. And shout out to him, though. It's like a, the, all of the mindset. Maybe we we need to talk about him because it's, it's just a mindset to suddenly you're good and you get this tragedy. And it's like a, he's a warrior, man. It's like <laughs> eight years like that, uh, kind of in your own body, right? So uh, tough, very tough. Yeah. Hey, so, well, so by the way, like you said, uh, you were in communication with him like that. How does he do that? Like, um yeah, he he uh, he's able through the years able to move a couple fingers though. Um, so then that's literally mm. he gets an iPad, and then he he uses WhatsApp. So then then basically he can. I mean, obviously he takes a, a while to communicate, but yeah, that's how he communicates. And again, his brain is there, uh, and also very interesting because he he sells products online, right? Because he he oh, cannot cool. he cannot do. The same work, so but yeah, he's selling on eBay, so he's trying to to make money some different ways. But yeah, uh, tough. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, he he's uh, making do, you know, with his current situation. That's pretty interesting. How he even has an eBay store, so that's that's impressive. So for those of y'all that are saying, I don't know what to do, you know, what can I do? I mean. It, you're, you're your own limitations. So go into it, see what you can do. And, you know, you can even, you can even start up a store p- potentially if you're looking to set, uh, come up with some type of business, um, you know, uh, Mondo's uh, buddy can do it. I think uh, you can take the opportunity to try as well. So <clears throat> um, anyways, well, uh, good luck to your buddy. Hopefully he it does work out to try and get into those uh, trials. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, going into the a little bit of crypto news, um, I know I think everybody has seen that maybe the the price of Bitcoin just in general is starting to rebound a little bit from the low from the ETFs. We did mention in some of the previous episodes that <clears throat> that you know we think there's there's some downward pressure on the price. It's because of uh, GBTC. People are coming out of it. A lot of the miners are selling Bitcoin, things like that. So it seems like that seems to be the case. And now that that supply is starting to dry up, and there's an overall net positive uh, buying of Bitcoin into the ETF. So we're slowly seeing the recovery. We're about forty three k. However. The government apparently has seemed to take a notice that, you know, over the last year um, from the previous kind of low from 16,000 now up to 43,000, almost tripling the price, you know, in in a year's time, you know, they're like, hey, wait a minute, like this thing is pretty strong. Bitcoin seems like it's it's uh, headed to the moon. Uh, We need to take this a little bit more serious. So the Biden administration has recently. declared a crypto emergency <laughs> what so do you what think about mean? this <laughs> so in this crypto emergency basically they're saying um hey like i think we've uh let the miners specifically so the bitcoin miners are people that are doing the mining every day uh, to try and secure the network and win the reward of bitcoin 
they say they're using up too much electricity. Uh, and so they are putting together this emergency uh, data survey. Basically, they're going to send out to all the miners to collect as much information they can about their energy use and, you know, what are they doing? What are their aspirations? Uh, just because of this whole like, oh, this story, because it's really just um, a narrative that Bitcoin uses too much power. But a lot of people, a lot of experts are saying uh <clears throat> this crackdown is a, and that's how they're perceiving it. It's like, oh, okay, the administration is trying to crack down on Bitcoin use just because they see it, it's getting too strong against the U.S. dollar. Um, of course, we're seeing that the there was a pivot, right, with uh, rates that's coming um, this year. So it's, they're no longer raising rates; they're currently pausing rates, and at some point they're going to start lowering rates again. Which, of yeah. course makes the economy explode when that happens bitcoin also explodes uh money uh the, the price of bitcoin also follows so they're saying you know they're realizing that uh bitcoin is a huge force they need to kind of figure out what's going on um from a standpoint for the miners that's like an easy attack vector um if if you will uh to try and see if they can slow it down or at least you know clamp clamp down on some things to uh, try and figure out how to slow it down, maybe. Yeah, and and the rates are gonna play it. Uh, uh, the Fed is 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 uh, scared at the moment. If they don't play it properly, it could happen something that what happened in the eighties, where uh, rates could go up to ten, fifteen, twenty percent, right? <laughs> so, and imagine that if uh, when you're buying a house or a car, right, like the interest rates a year is is just that. So they they have to 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 quantify properly to keep the race in some way, and they shouldn't bring it down very quickly. And right now, with the the data that they have, is like the, the numbers look good. Like there is uh, still a, lo a lot of good amount of jobs. Um, they, they they are maintaining it. So in my opinion, they have to maintain it for a little bit longer. I don't want it because obviously I want everything to to get better. But the problem is inflation. If they do it too fast, they cannot handle the inflation. And in order to handle the inflation, they just increase the, the interest rates and they can increase it uh, big amounts. So yeah, and, and the other catalyst, it could be a recession, a true recession, which is not happening. So I think that maybe the Fed is going to cost it. It's just going to maintain the, the interest rates as is for maybe another two, three, uh, three quarters. And, and that, that will kind of stabilize the economy. Uh, they will have inflation under control. And then, yeah, we'll start seeing maybe even decreasing the interest rates. Yeah. And for those of you that are like, okay, rates, whatever, I don't really care. I mean, it does it does impact you. Like the inflation, that going to the grocery store, going to, you know, get a burger. You know, you're you're paying a $20 for a burger now for I'm like, what a burger. You know, this, this is just how it plays into normal everyday life. Um, and so, you know, I saw actually a news article that said Houston has been one of the highest impacted cities due to inflation. Like the inflation rate is close to 7% in Houston. So a lot of people <clears throat> really do feel it here. Everyone sees their water bill go up, their electricity bill go up, their insurance bill go up, their food bill go up. Everything has gone up. You know, everything, everything is just more expensive nowadays, you know. Um, 
and I think it's just long gone those days of having a lot of those prices, you know, it's just part of the way the economic system was built with, uh, with the rates and interest and kind of this built-in inflation. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, uh, let's move on to Tesla. So what do we have in Tesla? Oh man. So just a little bit about Tesla, you know, I think a lot of people are freaking out right now because they see, Oh no, <laughs> there was a recall on Tesla. Uh, so of course, you know, the, the NHTSA and HTSA, whatever uh, they, they have certain rules about what is actually called a recall. Right. And for something for Tesla, like it's something that they can fix very easily. So for example, one of the recalls that Tesla just had was they had a font size that was too small on their screen. But those are not even recalls. They can just make the update remotely for the firmware. So, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one. Uh, how, because in my mind recalls is that you have to take the, the car into the, into the shop you're going to have to replace whatever it is, the, the part. Uh, but yeah, and this one is software, almost like firmware. So uh, yeah, hard, hard to call it a recall. Yeah, it's kind of funny. And it's just been, that's been just kind of this ongoing joke for Tesla. It's like, okay, technically it's a recall just because of the way the the administrative body calls it, right? This, it's a recall. But for Tesla, it's like, okay, they push the button to do an update and it gets and it, and it gets fixed, right? Like this font size. However, uh, this time around, they're saying that there is actually like a real, a real uh, recall, like what you might think. There's something going on with some of the steering on, on the Teslas. So uh, they're saying like the steering is going out, like the power steering just like, boop, whatever and you're not able to steer so one of the one of the examples that they posted as as one of the reasons for the recall is there was somebody that was you know just driving down the street and they're going to make a right turn onto a street well the steering went out and they went straight instead of turning and so they got into a car accident mm, wow <clears throat> so i think they're, they're still doing some investigation on this but this one sounds real i think there's been multiple instances of this uh so yeah i mean that's not good news for tesla but you know all all car makers have them uh but you know you just don't like to see that whenever someone kind of gets into danger with something like this yeah you're not selling me to get a tesla <laughs> You know, I, I, I know that I, you know, I'm very picky about this and, you know, I came from a very good experience with the previous vehicles, right? At a Porsche and another one was a BMW. Those are very high quality vehicles within Tesla. There's just certain things that it does really well, well, and other things that just doesn't do as well as those others that I was used to. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see if the car makers will bring up their game and they start hiring like Tesla, Tesla engineers or ex Tesla engineers and they get their shit together and imagine a porch with, uh, with all of the tech for, uh, I mean, why would it be messing around with like Tesla? Right. So, um, yeah. I'm waiting for that. I know that we have some electric vehicles for some of them for mm -hmm. the, those luxury cars, but it's not the same yet. Um, yeah, yeah. it's getting there though. 
Yeah, I would say Porsche, they're one of the ones that really are trying to like mm-hmm. uh, push, uh, you know, they push like the 800 volt architecture that, you know, Tesla didn't have before, but now I think the Cybertruck does. So, you know, Porsche did that first. It helps with, um, with heat generation and stuff like that. And just a little, some of the efficiencies in the car and charging times, things like that. So really good. Um, Porsche, I think is right there. I think they're, they have a, their Porsche Taycan, right? That's been around for several years already. Uh, that one's really, really good. Uh, but I don't think it's really taking hold as much as like you see with Tesla's. Of course, price has something to do with it, right? They're 120K or so. Um, but if uh, they are coming out with their next generation now, so that's going to be interesting to see. Their next versions are going to start to come out and they're expanding their EV footprint. Uh, so exactly. Very interested to see what others are doing. But you know what's interesting? Uh, so Cybertruck, so Cybertruck, uh, has been held to by Elon to have all these cool new technologies, you know, sure. it's going to be the best at everything. It's the best. It's the best at everything. That's what Elon is going to say, right? <laughs> the best and greatest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, one of the new technologies that they actually did introduce and it's related to the steering is they have this drive by wire. So basically, uh, your steering, your steering input, your steering wheel. Um, it's there's no like physical connection to a linkage that's turning mm. your wheels. It's all electronic, right? It's all just bits going left oh, and right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's a big change, right? Uh, first in the auto industry, they've all talked about it, uh, doing it like for the last thirty years, but no one's done it. Uh, Elon said, "Let's just get it done. Let's do it." Um, mm. So that's that's pretty interesting. They have done it for braking already, I think, like uh, uh, braking by wire. Uh, but uh, I think this is the first time they do steering. That, f- I'm sure, freaks a lot of people out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there's not a physical thing that you're doing here. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? How, how does that make you feel? Um, I mean, to be honest, it's not like a, a, if you have drove, drive basically um, a classic car, you can feel almost like turning the wheel, right? With the speed, you can feel almost the asphalt on when you are like, you know, mm-hmm. twisting it, the car. So, and it got better with the hydro, uh, hydraulic um, uh, systems that you almost you don't need it, right? So, so it, this is kind of the, the the normal transition that I can see, but it's, um, I think that what if uh, it freaks out the, the public or the, or the mass is that uh, kind of the, Bits, right? Bits versus atoms. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, as long as they they are doing it properly and they, there is not a lot of accidents because that thing just is like the wire is like tiny and it, when it hits, it just like it breaks and suddenly you don't have a steering wheel. Yeah, that's where they have to to pay attention to the quality of that. But yeah, as you said, it is also also on on brakes and things like that. So I think that is just sometimes the the hump. Uh, for people to to think about these things. Yeah, you got to definitely get used to the idea. But for those frequent flyers out there, airplanes <laughs> they've been they've they, they've been like this forever so mm-hmm. and you don't ever kind of second guess that in airplanes are some of the one of the safest modes of transportation out there so i think this is just a natural progression of the technology right yeah. um, so it's pretty interesting to see but you know sometimes 
they make mistakes. You have a lot of, we put a lot of trust into these companies, uh, but sometimes they do make mistakes. And that's what you see with this recall that's going out or that is being investigated right now with the steering going out. So hopefully they get everything worked out and they push an update or something like that. So it doesn't happen. You know, we've still got our Model Y. I think um, we're almost a full year with it now. Uh, we put about 7,000 miles on the car. Not too bad. By the way, I switched insurance. Um, nice. I don't have Tesla insurance anymore. So now when it's going ding, dong, ding, I, you know, I I'm cool as a cucumber. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I don't care anymore. It's like it makes a driving experience a little bit Be more. Rick. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it a little bit easier. So, yeah. That's what's going on with the Teslas, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep you in the loop with what else uh, comes next. <clears throat> the, I don't think that you know the the resemblance. Have you seen um, uh, Rick and Morty? No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, the, I know of it, but I haven't yeah, seen that. Yeah. There, there is one episode that is one of my favorite ones, and basically, the the grandpa is a genius. Blah blah. You have to watch the whole show, mm -hmm. but uh, he converts himself into a pickle. Because he doesn't want to literally go to a, with a psychologist. And then, then basically the whole show is about him being a pickle. <laughs> like his okay. name is Rick. So pickle Rick. <laughs> it's amazing. I like that. that sounds I, I, like I, another burner, uh, burner playa name. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 for sure. But uh, take a look at that one. Uh, there are a couple of those that they are like legendary, and that one is legendary. <laughs> <laughs> pickle Rick. Okay. Pickle Rick. I like it. Uh, yeah, I need to check it out. You, you always uh, talk about it. I, I need to catch up on my... Uh, cartoons uh, anyway so what's next um we haven't talked about bitcoin yet what's going on so man you have this guy have you heard this guy his name is uh craig uh Wright. he claims to be the creator uh, of bitcoin which is satoshi nakamoto what do you think what's, what's your what's your take on that whole ain't no fiasco? way man ain't no way <laughs> That fool is not Satoshi Nakamoto. Satoshi Nakamoto is a conglomerate of like five different companies. That's why it's Nakamoto. It's like Nokia, Motorola, isn't it? Right? Isn't that? <laughs> There's a lot of different things, right? So, uh, sure. But I, I'll tell you mine. I think that this is not only mine. This is some multiple people. There is another guy that his name was um, Hal Finney. Mm -hmm. And he basically is a computer scientist, and he was one of the first persons that actually he, he got the first transaction of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things matches. Uh, it was a very tragic how he finished because he, he got ALS. So, but I, I think that the way that he thought about it, the way that he kind of was in, on internet, it gives me a vibe that this is the guy, mm -hmm. that this is truly the guy. And and also, remember, the guy died, and there is no transactions from, literally, uh, Satoshi disappeared, right? So, uh, I don't know. I, I feel that maybe it's one of those that uh, that be, they could be. It, he will be more on my top list compared to Craig. Craig is a fool. Yeah, <laughs> Craig, Craig does seem like a fool. But for those that aren't familiar with Satoshi or the legend of Satoshi, <laughs> right? Satoshi, Satoshi Nakamoto is supposed to be like the uh, inventor or creator of Bitcoin. He's the person that wrote the white paper 
that explains how it all works. Um, and manifesto, he, bro. The manifesto. manifesto. <laughs> the manifesto. And uh, he disappeared, right? Satoshi. Mm -hmm. And I say he, she, it, they disappeared. So uh, some people say it's like a, a NSA PSYOP type thing. Like it's really the government behind it. But, uh, you know, I think that's a little far-fetched. I think, you know... <sighs> It is really just uh, this brilliant uh, systems engineering, like uh, software development genius, just put everything together. Because if if you're familiar with cryptography, and I I really wasn't uh, before Bitcoin, but uh, all the this solution of Bitcoin of technically how it was built is really lots of different technologies that have been worked on over the last, you know, the previous 25, 40 years of work that lots of different crypto punks, lots of different uh, mathematicians, scientists have been working on to solve specific types of problems. And Satoshi Nakamoto, we believe kind of helped solve kind of one of the last ones, which is, I think it's a double spend, what they call the double spend problem, and then wrapped everything together into one system really works really well. So that's the really cool part about the Bitcoin technology. It wasn't like this one thing, or it's not just like this one technology, but it's like a grouping of lots of different technologies that were weaved, woven together to make this beautiful piece of life-changing, nation-changing, society-changing technology. Philosophy and that's what Bitcoin changing, is, right? like philosophy-changing. And you know what is the interesting thing? Uh, for those that they are not coders, the the core of the code is like almost like 15, um, 1,500 lines of code, which is very tiny. Mm -hmm. It's like literally very, very tiny uh, piece of code. So, But it uh, completely changed. It's one of those things that uh, once the technology comes out you cannot you cannot get it back right like you already see it you already know how it is and then you start seeing all of the copies of it so uh yeah very interesting i it kind of sets me a little bit because this guy is just trying to like you were asking me why this guy is trying to to get this claim right why is so mm -hmm. important to him and maybe he's just an attention whore man he's, just, <laughs> <laughs> he's like like I really don't know why, uh, because it's not like he's gonna get money. It's like it's just literally a label. It's just literally okay, yeah, you're your Satoshi. But um, I don't think that the community wants him to to even have that. It's just interesting how humans we we just it's like no, we don't want even to for this guy to. <laughs> To be called Satoshi, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think a lot of people see him as like, oh, hell no, they ain't Satoshi. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so, buddy. And, you know, they'll write him off. But uh, you know what? A lot of people say it's really easy. If you're really Satoshi, then you can move the Bitcoin because there's several, what, several million Bitcoin that are locked away that if he was Satoshi, he should be able to move it, you know, you know or add, uh, you know, send a Bitcoin out of there or something and he can't do it or he hasn't done it, so. That, that's literally it, it's, it's like uh it's the proof that you have uh, that you are the owner of the house well do you have the keys that's kind of the first right. obvious thing right show me the keys show me that you can get in the house right mm -hmm. so and and that's is very it's very obvious in crypto uh, and you have here the the saying like uh not, not your keys not your coins right so <laughs> yeah. so basically that's the case here right well if he cannot move make a little transaction he doesn't have to do move all of it it's just move one satoshi by the way for those that don't know 
the, the a Bitcoin can be divided because a lot of people they think that it's just one Bitcoin and that's it. No, Bitcoin can be divided in, in satoshis, and it's point zero, almost seven zeros, right? Point zero 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 zero. I think it's ten thousand, ten thousand, or hundred million. Actually. There's a lot of zeros yeah, there, but a, you can. They can divide the, into one satoshi, and that's basically kind of the minimum fraction. And you can move one satoshi into another. Uh, into another wallet um but yeah that that's something going around on the news mm -hmm. yeah so uh pretty interesting i think this battle is going to go on forever because he there's not a really good way to prove it no one's no one's going to fight him because it takes money to do that so like whatever you waste your own money nothing's going to come out of it here's the thing i guess it's a big honey pot if for some reason the courts say Okay, yeah, you're Satoshi, that's your Bitcoin. And he just said, oh, I just lost my keys, but at some point maybe it gets unlocked, then he lays claim to it. Maybe that's what he's trying to do. Uh, that's the only like, long game that I can see for him. I mean, the like, long game could be that anybody that is using Satoshi, he can come and sue, right? Like, oh, that's my uh, name. So maybe, maybe some, or maybe he can claim also even Bitcoin itself, like the, like the brand. Mm -hmm. So... Maybe that that's what I would think that he can try to get like a the Bitcoin Foundation or the Bitcoin name, the, all of that, because he can say, well, if I'm Satoshi, guess what? I created that, right? So, uh, but yeah, mean, the, and the guy is built is a billionaire already, right? I, I think that he um, is he, he because with the amount of Bitcoin that he also has, because he was very early in the mm -hmm. uh, in the whole thing. Well, it could be. Well, that's one billionaire I don't really talk want to talk about too much more, but let's move on to Billionaire's Watch. <laughs> Today we got a story about Samsung. What do you what do you know about Samsung the, here? The Samsung, the the one in the, in the Samsung Bible. with the hair? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought you were saying when we first talked about this. Samsung. No man, it's like this is the Korean company, right? Like uh, with the phones and shit, with the electronics. There is a whole drama going on with this uh uh company. And by the way, this is almost like a family company. Obviously, it's a transnational a conglomerate, like a if you saw the the show in HBO, the succession. Mm -hmm. That's the real shit there, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that so, sounds like fun. By the way, that show was pretty cool. I don't know if y'all yeah, haven't was, seen it. Got nominated good. for lots of uh, awards and stuff. Check it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, this is the real deal. And basically, you have the, the dad, right? Like, obviously, always the patriarchal dad, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and these old companies. And uh, basically, he has a daughter. The daughter, and by the way, in Korea, they have they, they have a certain procedures, how they do things, and you have to be like an elite of everything, right? Like in all, almost all of these rich families, they, they want you to to kind of be in that way, like good on piano, good on the sports, good on everything, right? Mm -hmm. So this, the, the daughter was kind of the poster child. Like they really, really love the, the daughter. And they were expecting her to, to kind of get married to uh, one of the aristocrats in Korea. And guess oh, okay. what? Guess to whom he she actually fell in love with? Uh, BTS, one of the <laughs> boy bands. No, no, no pop singers, no Korean pop or K-pop or whatever. Nope. Uh, her bodyguard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, more we've seen more that Hollywood. More, than once. <laughs> more Hollywood cannot be, huh? <laughs> Almost like Whitney Houston, right? <laughs> Anyways, but this story doesn't end there, man. 
the guy beats her up. And it's like they got married and all of that, but the mm. guy was actually uh, uh, a bad dude. You know, it's like, man, you know, you has it all and the dude is just treating it like crap. Uh, like almost like it's one of those things that she's like, she has some bruises, like, yeah, I fell from the stairs, right? Yeah, yeah, I tripped. <laughs> Ran into a doorknob. <laughs> yeah, so obviously they, in the in the past few years, they got, they, they got a divorce and they're fighting. Mm. But you know what? Uh, we always uh, talk about billionaires watch and we always are saying, hey, we need to become a billionaire and we, you have to open these or a companies. There are many ways to become a billionaire. And guess what? There's another way. Uh, step number one, marry another billionaire. <laughs> step two, profit. <laughs> step, step three, divorce, right? So yeah. this dude, he's asking seven billions for the uh, divorce. And I think that he, the, the, uh, the court is granting it. So oh, he wow. will become a, a billionaire with seven billions because of, you know, this divorce. And we yeah. see multiple billionaires like that, like, um, uh, the Jeff Bezos, um, um, the the ex wife, she got like a huge chunk too, like a thirty forty billions too. So oh, yeah. that's another way for anyone aspiring to be billionaires. <laughs> and you know what? She's giving it a lot a lot of it away too. I think she's just like ha, ha, all of this you gave me. I'm just gonna throw it out the window. Right? Who it's needs like, some money? Like a, have you seen the movie The Joker? And like like in the it wasn't the Joker. It was a Dark Knight. Uh, the Joker is like burning a mountain of. Uh, oh, that's right, that's right. The writers, the writers yes. are outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's just a whole, a whole deal there with uh, uh, the whole um, Samsung uh, empire. Yeah, well, you know, it's pretty interesting. So obviously, there's a, it, you mentioned it's a family, right? So there's some other people involved. So, um, so this this. This lady, her name is Lee Bujin, right? Okay, so yeah. this is this is the Lee family. Lee Bujin, she's the one that you know had this whole kind of nasty divorce and was getting beat. And have you been up. practicing your Korean? Yeah, you know, <laughs> when I'm watching BTS and practicing my dance moves, <clears throat> I you know I, I learn I pick some up like that. For sure. Gangnam Style and all of that. <laughs> Gangnam Style. Man, you're going way back for that one, man. <laughs> I remember that. The only that. thing that, that I know good, about right? that, man. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, obviously, uh, Libujin has uh, some siblings and things like that. So, you know, <clears throat> there's always kind of this... I can just imagine, like, just like that, the show Succession that you mentioned, there's a lot of <clears throat> positioning that these kids are trying to do for inheritance or control of the company and things like that. So, but I think eventually one of the youngest sons, Lee Jae Young, uh, they're the ones he or he's the one that ended up inheriting the chairmanship in 2018. But there's been a lot of drama, like just in general with the way the business, like people going to jail and things like that, um, because like this, this guy, he was actually convicted of bribery, embezzlement. Um, but obviously, you know, they've got money. So, you know, there's a reduced sentence. Um for that and things like that but and also you know they're they're big characters in in korea so yeah a lot of power i i, I don't believe when, when when you see the show succession in my mind is like these guys are billionaires why they don't build something themselves right why they have to keep leeching the the empire from your your parents right 
Mm-hmm. I, I did not understood, and you see it in, in real life. Obviously, the show Succession is pretty good because it's very it's very real, right? It's like mm-hmm. a very close like to reality. Um, and, and, and I don't understand that, right? Like, uh, these guys are already, you know, bored. It's just they literally won a crown, like in back in those days, right, that they won the crown. But here, you could build an empire, right? Like, uh, you're in freaking America, right? Obviously, in Korea, I have no idea how it's over there. <clears throat> but at least over here, we see it as well. So what's your take there uh, mm. on, on why the kids, they wanted to to get the crown, right? To get to be the chairman, to be the the CEO, to be of the of the family company. Yeah, that's true. You know, I think part of it is um, some people I think are just natural creators. Some people just want to build for themselves. Like, uh, yeah, they they don't need the thing that's already existing. They want to go build their own thing, right? So I can I can I can kind of see that, and maybe there's a little bit of psychology that plays a role into that because they want to prove prove themselves or prove to others, um, you know, different people have different, um, motivations for that. But I think maybe that's part of it. You know, they don't, they've got all this money in the world. They don't have to work, but you still have to do something with your life. So maybe that's just an outlet for them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's what it, that's what it is. Um, uh, collectively they, they have a, uh, they're they're a big empire, right? So, I think that uh, some people believe that it's about fifty billions the whole family. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. Just the way the holdings, the Samsung holdings, once you start, you know, evaluating what everything is worth, all the subsidiaries, all the hidden money, all of the assets, you know, I'm sure it adds up to fifty billion. It doesn't take that long, and when you have that much money, it grows pretty quickly as well. So, you know, yeah, imagine. Twenty percent uh, going up one year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I just, I just added another, another few billion, you know, this year. No big deal. No, no, no big deal. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the law of big numbers. <laughs> yes, you get bigger yes. ones. <laughs> Well, I think that's all we had for today. So we really appreciate the time, everybody. I hope uh, y'all enjoyed the conversations that we had. Just remember to like, subscribe, comment. We enjoy uh, we enjoy the comments and uh, getting back with you and, and getting ideas for what to talk about next. Um, anything else, Mando? No, I, I really like your t-shirt, man. Coke is one of my favorite brands. If you notice, if you're on YouTube, I have it there. I... Uh, I, I love Coke. So. We need to get a sponsorship <laughs> from Coca-Cola. Let's yes, figure out I, how to do that. <laughs> in, one, in one of my companies, uh, actually, I did I did have a sponsorship with uh, Coke. So, yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we could do that. Let's figure it out. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, anyways, y'all, y'all have a good one. We'll see y'all next time. Dale. Peace.